Welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostess. And today we've got the Nooner, the Nooner, in which we recap all of the things that happened over the last seven or so days. More probably a little bit more because we spent the majority of last week sitting on C-SPAN like a bunch of boomers. Okay, I understand fully and comprehensively now why people don't tend to keep up with the politics, why they kind of just stay in the news and the headlines. It's because if you spend three days straight watching C-SPAN, you lose like some brain cells and, and you lose kind of a sense of reality. Okay. It was, it was really eye-opening. Now I do want to say that I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how the speaker's vote goes. I learned a lot about our members and, and the grandstanding that they do and all the speeches they had to give each and every time and each and every vote. I did learn a lot, but my God, was it boring? And we're going to watch fish today because I was talking with Sonia backstage and then I forgot to turn the TV on. Thanks a lot. Sonia, thank you for being here backstage for distracting you guys. Welcome to the show. I'm happy that you're here. You guys on rumble. Hello. Hello for anybody on TikTok. I'm glad that you guys are here. Thank you for being here. I love your faces, Nick. Hello. And Lisa and Diane and James and Raisa and Lily's flowers and Sonny Brown and Raquel. Welcome to the Nooner. Today's Nooner is brought to you by Fresh Cat Mushrooms. If you go to freshcatmushrooms.com, you can get a set of mushrooms, anything that you might need from lion's mane to tiger's eye to help your mental health or gut health or whatever you need help with. If you want to kind of more distance yourself from Big Pharma, they've got lots of different things, creams for eczema and so on and so forth. If you use Shipwreck 10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off your entire order. Enjoy those mushrooms, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy those. Troy Baker, a Nooner Live. Yes, finally. My hair is fancy. It's shorter by considerably, by about four inches. It is shorter. So they had to chop a bunch off. It's a little lopsided, but that's okay because when you curl it up, you can't really tell. You can't really tell. Welcome to the live, you guys. We do have a new speaker of the house. I know this is something that we had been watching all week last week. And again, my God, was it boring. But we do have finally a new speaker of the house. And we have Mr. Kevin McCarthy. And if I can get my mouse to work, Kevin McCarthy. And no one is surprised. Nobody is surprised that Kevin McCarthy is the brand new speaker of the house. We kind of all watched, I think, with bated breath. Think breath, 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 B-R-E-T-H, not F. Okay. I think we all watched with bated breath. Thank you. With bated breath, thinking, hoping maybe that something would change, maybe that the Freedom Caucus would hold out. 
they didn't. A lot of them caved. The guy from Texas caved. I think he was one of the first real surprising ones. Chip Roy uh, caved pretty quick. One of his concessions was that he wanted the one speaker rule where they could only one vote would come and they could outs the speaker of the house just based off of one vote instead of the multiple, which they had before. Uh, and slowly the rest of the Freedom Caucus eventually started to slip over to the side. If you guys don't know or you forgot who Kevin McCarthy is, here, let me just remind you, hang tight. Government's going to go after someone who wants to have free speech. They want to go more after American public about whether they can have an opinion on something. That is offensive to me. Kevin McCarthy of California told his close friend Bruce Cheney that he hoped the social media companies would censor more conservative Republicans in Congress. Barry Moore has said some some things today, even that we should look at. Honestly, what did Barry say today? He said, "Wow, we have more arrests for stealing a podium on January 6th than we do for stealing an election on November the 3rd, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Detroit." Would you like to McCarthy wanted the tech oligarchs to do more, to force disobedient lawmakers off the internet. That is offensive to me. Kevin McCarthy doesn't have 218 votes to be speaker. We need to turn the page. We need to get away from the corrupt system that puts the lobbyists and special interests in charge. And we need a fighting Republican majority. We don't need someone whose first instinct is to back Liz Cheney, attack America First Republicans on the campaign trail, and suggest that Donald Trump's path is one of resignation rather than resurgence. Matt Gates was one of the Freedom Caucus members that did not back down, along with Lauren Bobart. They both voted present when push came to shove. Uh, but Mr. McCarthy was still able to get the amount of votes in needed to become Speaker of the House. Now, Mr. McCarthy is also a staunch supporter when it comes to sending more money over to Ukraine, when it comes to sending or mandating Axie invades uh, for our military personnel. And that's just a handful of things. He's establishment. He's not somebody anybody wanted. Everybody knew it. It was all over Twitter. It was in the comments of everybody's feed. Everybody knew it, that we did not want Kevin McCarthy, but he got voted anyway. And if that's not a clear fact sign that these people don't give a shit about you, I don't know what else is. It used to be the day where you would have to call in to your Congress member and complain or call in and make requests. Those days, you know, as much as, as I, I, I'm okay with it, if you want to call and make requests, those days are kind of over because you can go to social media and find just about anybody and blast their comments full of, of who you are and where you're from and what you want. It's a very public thing. And that's not something I feel like that's something that's going to change as we continue on with situations like this is how you get in, get a hold of your, uh, your, your legislative folks. I can't even, yeah. Representatives is the word I'm looking for. How you get a hold of your representatives. It's so much easier to get a hold of them now on like the likes of Twitter than it is to try and get them on the phone uh, via the phone. So we do have some highlights too when it came to the Speaker of the House. Damn it, William, what's up? Thank you so much for the super sticker, William. I love your face. Lights, thank you for helping us keep the lights on. For the tippers, the members here on YouTube, thank you so much for your members, for your tips. For those of you on Rumble, thanks to everybody who has joined locals. I appreciate it. And if you're listening after the fact on any of the broadcast stations, thank you so much for joining the Anchor Membership Club as well. We appreciate you helping us. Again, keep the lights on. We wouldn't be doing this without you. Um, we do have some recaps kind of from the Speaker of the House. I figured we sat here the whole time. I'm not gonna show you the whole thing, but here we got some of this. Son, what does the gopher build? Can you say it? Well, who knows? A really rich doctor said you were a bummer. And I think you don't know algebra. No, we're talking science, bud. The science of what? Is that a tiger? 
One of your friends promised me I could flick you in your face. Absolutely, you may not do that. Hit him in his cringy smirk for real. Say any cereal name. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You're like people in the 12th century. Why do you say it like that? You're a formulated He's pickle popper. He's a storm cloud. I don't like you, dude. And there's a tiger. Oh, that's it. You two guys sent the tiger. What? I did no. not. Not me. What I mean, tiger? That's. Just, I mean, that is reprehensible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brad, I'm a horrible person. Brad, I'll report you to Nadine. I just want your leg bones to be okay. I brought the tiger. Really, you got somebody on the organ now? Hey man, you're gonna pay for dinner. You're gonna <laughs> My portrait isn't too good, but you can have it. I think you'll like it. Took like three hours, or like four hours to print it out. I refuse it. You should take it right now. Please don't read about fornication. Hey, listen. Hey, hey. Huh? You're really obvious in the red. I think it's kind of too red. Oh, really? Well, you have a regular face. <laughs> Point. You dreamt of Dracula, you said? Mm -hmm. While well, we're on this sort of stuff. <gasps> you heard of the Pied Piper? Mm -hmm. Well, my dream Pied Piper had toilet paper, one sheet mm -hmm. of the cheap kind. Yes. And he took that and he ripped out a creme brulee and a little mm -hmm. tiny pepper. Uh -huh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Before he ate mm -hmm. a tree. You didn't have that dream. Uh, yes, I did. Okay, nope. Okay, you did not. Don't tell me you did. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't ever get to mm -hmm. dream of the Pied Piper eating mm -hmm. a tree. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you're telling me mm -hmm. you dreamed that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, then it wasn't as cool as my dream. I've heard that the floor asked for shrubs to be put in the common areas. Yeah, no, right. We will not let this slide because, like, when Obviously, you do that, Obviously, we you know, put in some rocks, too. Oh, interesting. All rocks are my friends. I didn't know. <laughs> this is stupid, but that was for Purple Princess. She'd sent me this video and she's wanted me to play it for like three days and I couldn't get it done. But then I found it and then I went to the account, which is on TikTok. It's just bad underscore lip reading on TikTok. Uh, and they made a whole bunch of them. And so we downloaded them and put them together. It's Purple Princess, there you go. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's funny and it's a very serious matter. But it's kind of not because you know what? The whole thing kind of went that way. It's all very political theater. I wouldn't be surprised if that was exactly some of the conversations that were being had. I want to go and I want to focus on on the Marjorie Taylor Greene. We've, we've talked a lot about Kevin McCarthy. He's in. This is it. I mean, this is it. The concessions, we'll talk about the rules package that they passed, which did pass through the House. I think it has to go to the Senate. It still has to be approved by the president. But they did pass the rules package on how things are supposed to go. Um, that might actually stay in the House. We're going to talk a little bit about that. He's got a bunch of promises that he's making. I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. There's not much we can do about it at this point. He is Speaker of the House. We're just going to have to make sure we're holding him to his own to make sure he's getting it done. But I want to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. For those who don't know, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been a staunch supporter of Kevin McCarthy throughout this entire process. Even though her entire Twitter feed, every single thing, every, God, I'm struggling today, every single thing that she posted, People were responding with her asking her, telling her, begging her to step down off of the Kevin McCarthy train and to back the Freedom Caucus. And every single post and, and thousands and thousands and thousands of comments. And she just kept posting like she couldn't see him. 
I never liked Marjorie Taylor Greene and I never talked. I've, I've said it a few times, but I could never really go into detail because I didn't know why I didn't like her. I really didn't have a good reason other than I just didn't. There was something about her that felt very griftery to me. I felt like she used the conspiracy theorists, the QAnon people uh, in order to get her her elected. And then she pretty much dropped them after that. And there's never been a more defining moment for that then over the course of this vote for the Speaker of the House. And we got a couple things with Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, and here's some things she had to say on Fox, and this is from yesterday. Yeah. And well, just, just to deal with one bit of history, the Democrats... Yeah. And well, just, just to deal with one bit of history, the Democrats stripped you of your committee assignments after you were right. elected. That was raw politics. Mm -hmm. But in fairness, didn't you also say around that period that you had been a follower of QAnon conspiracy theories and you had rethought this and you were no longer uh, influenced by the group? Well, like a lot of people today, I had easily gotten sucked into some things I'd seen on the Internet, um, but that was dealt with quickly early on. I never campaigned on those things. That was not something I believed in. That's mm -hmm. not what I ran for Congress on. So those are so far in the past. All right. Um, you tweeted the people who were backing Kevin McCarthy uh, also didn't vote to certify the Electoral College results for Joe Biden. Um, do you think that's an important thing to the base even today? Oh, it's very important. Well, what I was pointing out is the same people that conservatives were holding up in high esteem don't necessarily have those voting records while they're at the same time criticizing Kevin McCarthy, who does. Right. Kevin McCarthy did object on January 6th, and he's been a top target of the Democrats and the January so 6th committee. So do you believe that Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president? Of course Joe Biden's the president. That's always a silly question. Okay, I wasn't trying to be silly. I was trying to just clarify. Uh, we have about half a minute left. Um, as you know, what a lot of media are saying now is, oh, you know, McCarthy gave away too much. He's weakened his speakership, especially when the number of members required to do a snap vote of whether he should stay in that chair went down from five to one. Is, was that a big deal in the machinations here? Well, no, I'll go with this. And this is what I've said from the beginning before we ever got into this week. The most important thing that every single member has is their voting card. There's only 222 Republicans and we need 218 to pass anything. That's where the magic happens. And so the big fight that happened this week, I think that a lot of it was really unnecessary and, and just a bunch of fanfare that helps popularity on the internet, but doesn't produce results. Now we have a speaker that we can produce results with, and we have to do that by coming together to get 218. Yeah. That's where our power lies. And so with this rules package, let's be very real. We've got a Biden White House, we have a Democrat-controlled Senate, mm -hmm. and we got to get to 218 to accomplish anything. Right. Ultimately, Washington, it's about the math. That's Mar right. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, it's funny that she talked about uh, popularity on the internet, because shortly after she gave this interview, she then posted this video. held up her phone and on the phone and it said dt there it is right there on the yeah. phone defining image of the night which is when marjorie taylor Reed raced down the aisle to take a selfie with kevin mccarthy which may have been his first act as speaker
Now, if you're watching this after the fact in the video that I just played is not here, please go to the playlist listed as the stuff. You'll find the video there. Sometimes things like this get taken down for copyright for me. It also got taken down for copyright for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Dr. Dre himself reached out to Twitter and asked them to take her video down and slapped her with the copyright fine. So she had to take that video down. We're probably going to have to take it down too. Sands, we probably won't get a fine, but she ended up having to take the video down. Um, and she made a couple remarks about how she doesn't like them anyway because they push violence. Just she's just, I just, I, I, I couldn't. She would, she just, she just annoyed me. I think it just, she just annoyed me. She seemed like a clout chaser when she came out of the gate and she was wearing her her Trump one mask. You guys remember that? That was one of the things she got blasted for when she came out of the Congress floor wearing a Trump one mask. And now she's going to turn around and she's like, well, Joe Biden's absolutely the president. And she knows for a fact that for a time she was considered one of the election deniers. Right. And that was what she rose to fame on. She rode on the back of the QAnon people and the conspiracy theorists in order to get seated where she is, only to flip on them and vote for somebody who's part of the establishment. Now, a lot of people felt a lot of way about Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Taylor Greene. If you, I, they, they say, well, now Trump, Trump controls Kevin McCarthy. And so now he can make him his puppet. And da, da, da. The reality is, is that even if the House were to get anything to pass from now until 2024, until the Senate election, the Senate's probably going to shoot it down. And if they don't shoot it down, the president can still veto it. So although we, you know, the, the Republicans own the House now, doesn't necessarily mean that changes, big changes are going to be able to be made just because it still has to go through the Senate and then through the president. But I don't, I, I struggle with that. That just pissed me off because I, I have so many people who follow me who had a lot of faith in her. I did, like I said, I didn't like her. I thought she was kind of fake, but whatever that, you know, they had a lot of faith in her. They had a lot of faith that if she got in there, even though she couldn't do committees because they removed her off of the committee after her comments about QAnon and, and some of the stuff that she had said, they removed her off all the committees and committees is where you can vote to down different, I don't know, different legislation. You can vote different things down. They're just smaller legislation pieces that get voted on. Uh, there's also some money aspects to it when it comes to donations for, for campaigning uh, and big donor donations, something like that. I don't know a lot about committees, so more to come if I decide to look it up, but she was removed off of all of her committees. And so she could only vote what came to the floor. And so a lot of people felt like she did this in order to be able to get back on committees and really start to make change. Right. The problem with that is, is if, she was, she wanted back. Why didn't Matt Gates do it then? Or why didn't Lowen Bobart do it then? Now there's no, I have no doubt in my mind, Matt Gates and Lowen Bobart, that's political theater too. Like they're doing what they do and that's it. But they did stick to their guns. They never did vote for McCarthy. They voted present. There was another one out of Kansas. I might be saying that wrong. I can't remember who he's at. He was another one that stuck to his gun. Why couldn't she? She it was, her comments on Twitter were outstandingly pissed off people for what she was pulling right now. And she just kept posting. Then she posted the selfie of her and kids. It was almost like she was rubbing it in their faces. She saw the comments. She read the comments. She had to it because she responded to a couple of them. And then she posts this self. It's fine. Fine. If you got to vote for Kevin McCarthy in order to get back on committees, stop rubbing it in people's faces. Say that. Come on on Twitter and say, you know what? The only way I can get back on, the only way to be let back on committees is if I sway my vote. I I agree with Kevin and, and the caucus with what they want. But she didn't do any of that. She just 
gloated all over people and was honestly almost kind of disgusting. Um, somebody had a question. I'm so sorry. Uh, Chris Ann Hall. Oh, I don't know. Sorry, Casey. I didn't just see that. I just saw that. It's called brown nosing. Maybe, but there's something to a lot of people's made comments that she doesn't even look like herself anymore. I don't know. I never watched her that closely. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, then maybe this is kind of like a bait switch. Like she got flip-flopped. But Trump also supported Kevin McCarthy. So no, people people felt certain ways about the Marjorie Taylor Greene stuff too. People kind of came at me about that. And they're like, well, she's backing Trump. So Kevin must be good. Kevin's not good. He's just not. I don't care if Trump backed him. Maybe he owns him now. Maybe there's a play there that, that I don't see or we don't see yet. But Kevin is swamp. He was part of the FTX bull spit. Okay, he was a big part of the reason some of these other Freedom Caucus members didn't get elected back in this year. He raised money. That's how he got the seat that he's in. He didn't do it because people like him or because they think he's good at his job. He raised enough money to pay them off. And Matt Gates said he'd resign if McCarthy got in, and he's yet to resign too. Don't put a lot of faith into the stuff like that. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Matt Gates really either. I really liked Chip Roy. Uh, and Chip Roy came out, he was staunchly against Kevin McCarthy, but his whole thing and the whole time with him was he had concessions and he wanted McCarthy to meet those concessions. They were part of the rules package, which we're going to talk about next. He had these three things. If Kevin agreed to these three things, he would pass his vote. And so when he voted, uh, I think we were kind of shocked. But then when you looked it up and you listened to him give his speech on to why he did it, it made sense. And I was okay with that. Um, Lauren Bobart, if you guys remember, I don't have the clip of that, but when she stood up and voted present for the last time, she looked incredibly pissed off. There was the guy with the lunge. This happened too. Now I don't have the, the bad lip reading was way better, but you can find that on TikTok. But here's the lunch. And this was representative. Uh, oh my God. I can't even think of his name now. Well, hold on. I'll, we'll just play it and then I'll find it. restrained off of Matt Gates, And as I watched, I probably watched that clip about 10,000 times and I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, aren't these people supposed to be like representing our country and representing our people? And they're acting like a bunch of schoolyard middle schoolers. He had to physically be restrained after that. He has actually been removed off of his, or he, he resigned. So this was the representative out of Kentucky, Mike Rogers, and he has resigned from his committee uh, along with what's his name was also not elected back on his committee. And that is the guy that wears the eye patch. And I can't think of his name. Sonia, help me out. Patch. I can't think of his name. I'm drawing a blank. Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw also did not get elected back on any of the committees that he wanted to be on. So both of those people are out. It's a very interesting. Yes, Crenshaw. Thank you. Very interesting uh, turn of events. Dan Crenshaw, or Crenshaw was not elected back on his committee because of the comments that he made in regards to the Freedom Caucus calling them all terrorists, which is not what the case was, but it is what it is. But him and also the guy from Kentucky, 
no longer on committees anymore. They basically sit in Congress and do nothing uh, because of the way that they acted through this whole thing. It's a very interesting, theatrical, drama-filled. Man, is any of this real? Seriously, seriously, is any of it real? I don't even know anymore. Um, what else do we got? Marjorie Taylor. We go back to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, Mike Lindell also had something to say about Marjorie Taylor Greene when it came to her antics uh, in regards to Kevin McCarthy and just, just the way that she was acting kind of overall and the people that she was supporting. And here's that. I'm telling you that. I know these guys, uh, if, it, if, they, if they have made promises to the grassroots, they've made promises to the people. Matt Gates is not going to make break his promise, and neither. I'm very surprised that the one I won't name her name, but it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> the promise. We're oh, surprised I didn't name there her too. Name. Oh, I let it slip out. <laughs> now the media can say Mike Lindell bashes Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just think yeah. it's, that she. Uh, I mean, it's her choice, but obviously she was promised something, and I don't know if that promise helps the people. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You if know, if it's committees, I'm okay with that. Okay, if it's Marjorie Taylor Greene getting committee spots, I want to see her on a committee. You know, when when Rosendale came up there and was talking about that vote, uh, holding them accountable, making people vote for even these small little single item bills, uh, right. that's something Marjorie Taylor Greene's been doing for a while. I was telling everybody, Mike, that when I was out there at the Moment of Truth uh, in August, right. uh, I had the opportunity with Jim Hoff to sit down and interview Marjorie Taylor Greene, and right. th- we we talked about that specific event, holding Congress accountable, and so. I know that she has, you know, deep down, she has the accountability, the desire to hold them accountable. So there has to be some reason that she's aligned. Right, right. I, and I'm going to oh, give Matt, her that. Matt right. Gates. Guys, Matt Gates is. Yeah. Uh, oh, Matt Gates. He might be a endorsing. Realizing capital was returning from overseas to fund the dreams and ambitions My- of our fellow Americans, and the economy was roaring. What a contrast to what we have seen from this administration now. And so I rise to nominate Donald Trump for the position. There we are. That was a hot moment. So he nominated Donald Trump, voted for Donald Trump one time as to be Speaker of the House, uh, but it never really went anywhere. He was basically throwing his vote away because he didn't want to vote for McCarthy. I don't understand that Donald Trump is Speaker of the House. He didn't want it was my understanding. Uh, So, But the whole thing was very theatrical. We enjoyed watching it kind of. I don't know that I'd ever sit and watch it again uh, with something like that. Maybe I might grab the highlights. I don't know. Maybe Sonia's like, I don't know. It was one of our most watched lives, which is interesting in itself, but uh, it was very long and eventually we did come to it. And so the very next day, so they, they adjourned, they took the weekend, the very next time they came back to the floor, they started to vote uh, on the rules of the house. And so these are going to be new rules that are going to be for the 200 and what is it? 218th Congress. Uh, and the House rules make it easier to dump the speaker and harder to space to raise taxes or spend money. So the first thing that they they voted, they voted yes on all of these. And so these are going to go into effect, is my understanding. Uh, but one of the most discussed changes in the rules is the restoration of a provision that permits a single lawmaker to force a vote to vacate the chair, allowing a snap vote to remove the speaker. So that's interesting, too, because if McCarthy does not live up to what he promised people that he was going to do, it doesn't sound like it's going to take him a lot to get removed from that chair. And then we start the process over again. 
So we're just going to kind of have to see what happens. But historically, that has been the position of the House. But lawmakers refrained from employing that weapon until 2015 when hard right Republicans used it as a, used it as a threat to force out Speaker John A. Boner. Uh, Democrats then changed the rules to necessitate that a majority of the House members get behind the motion. Republicans now have reverted to a reverted that requiring it to a single member. Mr. McCarthy had hoped to keep the threshold higher, proposing that at least five members of the House must be make the motion, but he relented under the pressure in order to gain the amount of votes that he needed to get into the chair. Because the motion to vacate would be a privilege, it could be raised and received at any vote at any time, whether the House leaders wanted it or not. One of the other rules that they put into in place was called an investigative muscle or flexing an investigative muscle. The rules open the way for new committees to explore the nation's competitiveness with China, examine what Republicans called the weaponization of federal law enforcement agencies and politically charged investigations, and assess the federal government's handling of the coronavirus pandemic. This is going to be, there's a lot of whispers about a new committee in order to handle a lot of these things that are going on. One of the things that they repealed, it seems like almost immediately was the 85,000 IRS members that the Biden administration or the previous Congress had put into place in order to basically, I, I don't know, come after you for all of your tax problems while they all don't pay taxes for whatever reason. So the, the rumor is that there's going to be a committee and there's going to be investigations into all of that. And the whole thing is going to be dismantled. The next one is reigning in spending and taxes. The package imposes rules to try to limit spending, including blocking consideration of legislation that would increase mandatory spending, which is how many social safety net programs are financed. Republicans are also required to a supermajority vote of the House to raise taxes in a provision that could make it easier to cut taxes. The new rule, the new rules direct congressional budget offices to try and calculate a microeconomic effect of tax reductions, an approach that could lower the estimated impact of tax cuts on the federal deficit. The rules also call for legislation to be judged for its potential contribution to inflation. The package also includes adoption of so-called Holman Rule, which allows lawmakers to use spending bills to defund specific programs and federal officials to reduce their pay. The next one is setting the stage for a debt limit showdown. Facing a looming confrontation over raising the federal debt limit in coming months, Republicans eliminated the so-called Jafarit rule, which in the past has allowed it has allowed the House to skirt a vote on politically charged issues and automatically increase the federal government's borrowing power. Republicans intend to try to leverage their future consideration of any debt increase to obtain steep spending cuts, something they could not do under the rules, allowed at an automatic increase. They also called for more transparent and a slower process. This was another real big one. If you guys remember, a lot of bills that would get introduced to the House would get introduced at like 11 p.m. and then would need to be voted on at like 5 a.m. And so that was one of the biggest complaints that they had, that they had a very limited time to read these 7,000 page bills in order to cast a, a legitimate vote for them. So under the new rules, Republicans would allow lawmakers at least 72 hours to review legislation before it goes to the floor to the floor of the House for a vote, responding to a chief complaint of members who have been angered by vol voluminous, costly legislation offered up at the last minute as a take it or leave it proposition. Such requirements have existed in the past, however, and have been often been waived when time was short. 
The rules put into place other technical changes framed as efforts to improve transparency around legislation by trying to restrict the measures to a single topic and making it easier to eliminate provisions in the bill not considered germane to the main focus. Facing the prospect of more votes on amendments in the months ahead, as Republicans try to reopen the House floor, the rules also allow the party to give lawmakers just two minutes to record their votes when the leadership decides such a time limit is necessary. The shortest time frame previously was five minutes. They also called for a hamstringing ethics investigation. The rules could hamper investigations by the Office of Congressional Ethics, which undertakes bipartisan inquiries and then makes recommendations for discipline and ethics committees. And those committees range anywhere from COVID to like the omnibus to any pretty much anything that they want to do. One rule imposes term limits for board members with the result of removing all but one Democrat from the board at a time when it is considering whether to open an inquiry into certain Republican congressmen over their conduct related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The rules also require the board to approve the hiring of investigators within the first 30 days of new Congress, which some ethics watchdogs fear could cause the office to go understaffed if hires were not made within that window. Um, Republicans contend that the rules ensured investigators are accountable to the board. Uh, a public citizen, Craig Holmes, states these are measures that will render the ethics office ineffectual and will no member from either party should support. The next one that they were voting on was the re reversing of the pandemic era changes. The rules approved on Monday end by proxy voting and remote committee hearings for lawmakers after Democrats put in practices in place to at the start of coronavirus pandemic in 2020. If you guys remember, they didn't have to come to Washington in order to cast their votes. If this, this law that got approved is now requiring them to make sure that they are there in Congress to cast their vote or their vote won't count. With their slim majority, Republicans will now need to keep lawmakers in Washington for longer periods to be certain that they have the votes to advance their legislation. The package also rolls back staff unionization in an effort to in an effort that began in earnest during the previous Congress in which Democrats passed legislations to facilitate. Um, then there was one about pass smoothing the path for fossil fuel legislation legislation. The last one was House Republicans also used the rules package to bolster their policy agenda, including a focus on supporting fossil fuel development and trying to restrict the Biden administration from drawing down the strategic petroleum reserve. The package specifically allows consideration of legislation to require that any future release of oil from the reserve be contingent upon oil productions in the federal lands of the United States. That measure, however, is unlikely to win the support of the Senate or with President Biden, who as a candidate vowed to end new oil and gas leases for federal lands and water. And so that's kind of a short ish high level overview as to what the rules package is. It sounds like they're going to get more time to review all of these legislations instead of that quick turnaround, which they had before. They're also going to um, allow for what else? What else was else was I going to say? They're also going to allow for some other things that the Democrats had once uh, done and kind of did on the down low to quickly get things passed without being able to look at it. That's how a lot of these things happened the way that they did. So more to come on that. We'll see if McCarthy is going to hold up his end of the bargain. We'll see if they will. Again, the majority of things that they want to do still have to go through the Senate and then have to be approved by the president. So you're still going to look at kind of a fight between the two and almost maybe possibly even kind of a lame duck session over the next two years. But we'll see what happens. The next thing I have on my list is something Sonia and I talked about in the bright hours of this morning. I saw this tweet. I'm going to switch gears from politics to DeMar Hamlin and conspiracy theories for just a fucking minute. Just a fucking minute, okay? Listen, a lot of you are probably going to get your feelings about this. A lot of people did. 
as soon as he collapsed, people were like, why are you asking these questions? And we had to go through this whole conversation about how I can feel bad and how I can pray for the family and him while still wondering what caused his stroke to begin with. A lot of people felt a certain way about this. And then this morning or last night, might've been last night, last night, I see this tweet and they were like, well, I'll pull the tweet up. She was like, Hey, look at this picture. And my nurse friends tell me what you see. And we're going to go through it. So DeMar Hamlin, the football world was rocked when DeMar Hamlin, who plays safety for the Buffalo Bills, collapsed and went into cardiac arrest on January 2nd, 2023, during a game against the Cincinnati Bengals at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. I'm going to make me smaller so you can see this. Apparently, there was a rumor going around that the Pittsburgh Steelers player was mimicking the CPR on his fellow player a week after Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest during the game. And that was fact tech to be true. And they were doing it as kind of a celebratory thing. That whole thing was kind of weird. So that, that caught my attention too, but we're going to go on to the picture. So he's been released. Okay. And here he is, this is him. I think the, the day before or two days before him being released and people had questions. So the nurse had tweeted out, Okay, nurse friends, what do you see and not see? And go. And then the tweet kind of spun out of control with everybody having a comment. Hey, O'Sheltz on Twitter says, no oxygen flowing, no fluids, no cardiac monitors. And what is he doing in street clothes? All very, this is before he's going home. This is while he's still supposedly in the ICU. Okay. And they were selling the shirts, right? Steve Buchanan says the O2 is off, no monitor, every pump is off and not a drip in sight, no suction canister at the very least, the hospital band is hella questionable. Also, I just gave birth and was low risk and connected to more shit than somebody who was supposedly in the ICU. And then he says, okay, that's what we say. The next person, Leo from within says, I'm seeing three tools playing in a sick game, manipulating the masses and sadly manipulating themselves, but for what? And that seems to be the general consensus. Is for what? Why would they do this? Tammy Joe then follows up with no oxygen on. It's his IV is not connected and it's not. Uh, no heart monitoring, which is interesting considering he went in for cardiac arrest. You would think they'd be monitoring his heart probably right up until he left. I I mean, maybe not. I'm not a nurse. I don't know. It was the day before Sunday game day. He was transferred to the hospital in Buffalo yesterday. Okay. Um, and those are just the obvious ones. What the fuck is going on here? So... I don't know. So I asked Sonia and she thinks there's some political football stuff going on. So like there's a shadow government, but only for football. And so like in order to hype them up for Super Bowl, they did like the general consensus of the tweets is one of two things. Either he passed and they're hiding it for whatever for reasons that we know. Okay. But we can't say, but reasons that we know or the whole thing was fake. That's the general consensus of the threat of tweets. People don't, people are questioning the whole thing now. Um, some Sonny had also sent me a video of him and he was FaceTiming his friend, uh, but you couldn't really see in the background and he had had his fingers in front of his face. The whole thing was very weird. Very weird. Uh, Ashley Fergham on YouTube says there's a major corruption in the NFL and the NFL. That is true. That, I mean, there is, and there's a lot of trafficking that goes on with these. The Super Bowl is like the second biggest trafficking event of the year. Something like this. There's a lot of crap that goes on with professional sports. 
But I don't understand. This is kind of what I always thought. So Fire Talk Radio says the Super Bowl is staged. This kind of was my always general consensus too. For the most part, you know who's going to win. You know, you know. But then why would they do this? If it's fake or it didn't happen or, or, you know, if it, the only, then Sonia seemed to lean with the latter, that it just, it's fake. The whole thing didn't happen. Somebody put up the ambulance too. There was something with the ambulance that wasn't right that took him off the field. Like it wasn't the ambulance that was local to the area. It was, and I don't know that it didn't have any markers. It was on TikTok. Sonia says she's a big fan of, of the Bengals, right? Am I saying that? Yeah. Okay. So she's a big, so she was watching a game. As Shani says, I'm telling you, if it comes to the Bengals and the Bales and the Super Bowl, I'm calling BS. It's very, very interesting. Ricardo from UK. Hello from the great United States. It's good to see you. Thanks for being here. Um, if you haven't taken a chance to like the live, I'm going to encourage you to please go do so. I should have did this earlier. Please go and take a minute to go like the live on Rumble. If you could smash that like button too, I'd appreciate it. The ambulance was empty. That was one. I didn't see that, but I'd, I'd heard there was problems with the ambulance. Um, Ashley says she thinks it's because they're losing money like crazy more. So you think it's like a publicity stunt? It's possible. Um, so it wouldn't have any markings. It was a private ambulance, so it wouldn't have any markings. Okay. I could, I could maybe buy that. Does the NFL have its own? They do. Sonny's nodding. Okay. So I can buy that. Possibly. The Bengals. I don't watch the NFL. So this is all kind of like the NFL politics is other than the trafficking. I don't know much other than that. I I don't watch the NFL. I do like college football, which is just bad, but the whole thing's very interesting. A lot of people also mentioned the one, two, three, four on the clock, which is right up here. One, two, three, four. It is odd. The timing of it. It is odd that there's just a, I don't know. I maybe I've been in the ICU. Of course that was in my hospital and maybe all hospitals are different. Didn't look anything like this though. Um, the stadium has its own ambulance. Okay. So that kind of takes care of the ambulance thing. I can maybe understand that. I, I don't get the picture. I don't understand. And then if you look like at their faces, it doesn't look like they're getting ready to go home. It doesn't look like they're even real happy to be there. A lot of tweets had a lot to say about their facial expressions. Again, if it's true, he just went through like a horrendous thing. So I'm I'm not going to try and read into people's emotions and how they deal with things. But the fact that he's not hooked up to a heart monitor, also the fact that they did CPR on him for almost 10 minutes on the field. And then they probably had to shock him. They probably did lots more to the general chest area. Now, if you've ever broken ribs or cracked ribs in your life, to raise your arms up to put a shirt on is extremely hard and, and torturous. And so for him to be able to put that skinny little shirt on after having all of his ribs probably probably broke. I don't know if he did. No broken ribs. You, you almost have to. I've never had CPR, but I took the class and they make you take it on this dummy that has ribs and then the ribs crack so it doesn't startle you when it happens. Um, Loves Cox said the ambulance had only white lights or only red lights instead of multicolored lights. Again, private ambulance, it's possible. I can't get over the picture though. I can't get over how quickly he recovered either. Considering everything that I read, there's a lot of doctors on Twitter, uh, doctors that are, they're, they're doctor doctors. They're not bot doctors. They're, they're the doctors that were kicked off Twitter to be, to be fair. 
But they had stated that anytime CPR has to go on for that long, your chances of, of making it are pretty slim. Then there was also the rumors of the feds outside of his hospital. Now, I know a lot of you saw that. I saw it. I don't have it, but a lot of you saw it as well. There was federal. Now, again, I don't know if they were just, if that's like a commonplace thing because he's such a high profile person. It's possible. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Double law throwing down $20 bills says weird. Definitely weird. This is kind of my jam. I love talking about this stuff. It's very interesting to me. And we're enough past it now to where people can just get over themselves. And then they had the shirts. The shirts was kind of the final nail in the coffin for me for this. I've made shirts. I, I hate doing merch, but I made merch. And it takes a couple days. And for me, it took about two weeks to just get them made, much less get them ordered and get them sent. How are you going to... They had shirts in what? Like four days? I, I don't... How is that the first thing you're going to think of? Geez, let's make some shirts and sell them at the height of all of this. There was also a lot of people that were wondering why updates were so delayed. And I, apparently they were. So people were gathered outside the hospital for at least 48 hours. Updates were super delayed. Um, people were just, people questioned it. I've questioned it. I don't know. And I don't know why. Like the only thing else that was going on politically was the speaker of the house thing. And I don't know what he's going to give a shit about that anyway. So it's not like it needs to be distracted from because nobody's going to sit and watch it. So I don't know. Unless it, like as Sonny says, it's to amp them up for the Super Bowl or it's just some kind of play to, to, like a ratings jump kind of play. It's possible. Yes. Mima columns. We did. We read this last night. I don't have a slide for this, but diamond from diamond and silk had passed away this morning. The article from diamond and diamond and silk, uh, her passing away. If it was first launched on, on truth social by Donald J. Trump said that she, it was, um, unexpected, extremely, ex and there was, the wording was really weird, like extremely unexpected, which I thought was odd because back in November, I remember reading reports about her being sick. And so I don't know how, if she, and there's no, really no updates on how she passed away or why I do remember reading about her being sick, uh, even though they're saying it was extremely unexpected. Now, uh, a lot of people were questioning whether or not she had been jabbed. I doubt it. She was a staunch, uh, they both are very staunch, uh, you know, non jabbers. I, I would assume, um, but then again, you, you don't know. I don't know. But I had heard she passed away. It's a sad deal. I didn't watch them much, uh, but I knew of them. I followed them on Twitter. The 18-year-old MMA fighter. Yeah, we can talk about that too. You guys have lots today. I don't have much more slides left. So, old MMA fighter. She passed away. Victoria Lee. So Victoria Lee was a rising MMA star, and she is dead at the age of 18. Victoria Lee uh, has died at the age of 18. Her family and combat sports promotional one championship sold for social media. Now, the problem with her is that, and I, as I was reading this, um, her sister is actually the one that announced it and she'd announced it on Instagram. And it's sad. She had a bright future and a bright career ahead of her. But the way that her sister had announced it uh, leads me to believe that it was self-inflicted. It sounds like a lot. Now, a lot of people felt a certain way about that in the comments of the tweet as well, saying, well, somebody with that, you know, much head strength and, and they wouldn't do that. And yeah, they would. This is why we tell people all the time, check on your strong friends. 
the person that you think is the less likely to do something like that is the one that's most likely to do something like that. Um, that from my understanding, that's what it sounds like to me. There's nothing official. They never did come out and officially say it. Uh, her sister came out and said something to the point of, uh, let me find it. Please give family grace, checking on them, hugs and kisses. Victoria's the most beautiful soul ever. It was something about making sure that you're checking on, on your family. And if, even if they say they're okay, make sure you're checking again. Can we talk about the new vaccine for bees? No, because I don't know anything about that. I do have the Canadian lady. We're going to talk about that. Um, but I don't know anything about vaccine for bees. I did read about the omnibus bill that's building new bee highways, but we've already covered that too. Adam Rich, eight of eight has passed away and he was vaxxed. Yeah, he was a staunch anti, uh, anti not anti-vaxxer, but anti-anti-vaxxer. He was a big into calling people names and, and being kind of a jerk about it. And then he ended up passing away. Uh, we don't know. They can't confirm that that's what it was, but it was shortly after he had received his third dose when he had passed away. Uh, so let's buzz through. I got a, I got a couple more things and we can talk more about that stuff if you guys want to. I do. I had, that's how I'm ending this live is with the Canadian journalist. But I do want to talk about Biden's classified docs. I do have a video for this as well. That explains it a lot better than I can. Um, and we're going to play that now and then we're going to chat just a little about it. So here we go. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's turn now to that breaking news. CBS News has learned the Department of Justice is reviewing classified Obama-Biden records found at a private office once used by Joe Biden after he was vice president. CBS's Adriana Diaz explains. Three sources tell CBS News the classified documents were discovered in this building about a mile from the White House at the offices of the Penn Biden Center, a foreign policy research institute set up after President Biden left the vice presidency. According to a source familiar with the matter, the classified documents are small in number and were found in November in a box among unclassified material. Sources would not characterize how sensitive the documents are. Responding to requests from CBS News, the White House counsel said that on November 2nd of last year, before the midterm elections, lawyers for President Biden were cleaning out office space at the center. When they discovered the documents marked classified in a locked closet, they stopped the work and contacted the White House. White House lawyers then reached out to the National Archives, which is responsible for the records. The archives in turn contacted the Department of Justice. Attorney General Merrick Garland then tasked the U.S. Attorney in Chicago, John Lausch, a Trump appointee, with determining what is in the documents and how they arrived at the Penn Biden Center. The FBI is also involved in the preliminary inquiry, which a source says is nearing its conclusion. This development comes as the Justice Department is investigating former President Trump's handling of classified documents, with over 300 found at Mar-a-Lago. The FBI seized some of the documents after the former president failed to comply with multiple requests to return them for over a year. President Biden was critical of Trump when he spoke to Scott Pelley in September on 60 Minutes. When you saw the photograph of the top-secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen, how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. Former federal prosecutor Scott Fredrickson says there are important differences between this Biden inquiry and that involving former President Trump. How significant is it that these documents were self-reported, voluntarily turned over? 
I think the self-reporting here is probably the single most important part of this situation. Uh, it indicates a lack of intentional conduct. It's completely different from the Mar-a-Lago case, uh, which tends, based on reporting, to indicate there was intentionally uh, activity to take those documents. And Adriana Diaz is here with us. So, so where are these documents now? Well, Nora, the White House Counsel's Office tells us that the National Archive retrieved the documents the day after they were discovered, and they are now in a secure location. Now, the U.S. Attorney's Review is nearing its completion, and then the Attorney General will decide if a criminal investigation is warranted. Adriana Diaz with that new reporting. Nah, nah, nah. So let me understand this, okay? So <laughs> Donald Trump's house gets raided by the FBI while he's on vacation or where he's gone. They come in, they storm it, they try on all Melania's clothes. Okay, they play some of Barron's video games. They take all the stuff. And they're like, these are declassified, or these are not declassified, and they're classified, and he stole them, and blah, 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 blah. But this is different because Joe Biden was like, look, I took them, but I'm going to give them back. So that makes it different. That's just bullshit. All of that's bullshit. Now, it just broke just now that among the classified documents from Joe Biden's time as vice president discovered in a private office last fall are U.S. intelligent memos and briefing materials that cover topics including Ukraine. OK, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Iran and the United Kingdom. Now, there's a couple other things that I want you to remember, too. Now, these documents were found before midterms. Why is it just now coming out? I feel like this is something that should have came out before midterms but that's just me. What do I know? So I don't know why it's coming out. Now the Republicans are like, we're going to do something about it, but they knew about it before midterms and nobody was talking about it. People are all fired up about it. It's all just the horse shit. So they got the documents. It does sound like they're looking through them at whether or not he's going to be charged. I don't know. We're still waiting on charges from the laptop and the Chinese dealings. A lot of words like that are being thrown around. I don't see anything really being done about it. We'll just have to wait and see how this all kind of plays out. They're calling for uh, a lot of people are making promises to impeach and Biden. I don't put a lot of faith in that either just because they impeached Trump and that really didn't do anything. They could impeach Biden. But again, like, I don't know that it's going to do anything other than he would be impeached. And then that would just be kind of it. It's more ceremonial, I think, than at that point than ever. This kind of stuff I'm really careful with. I'm really careful about putting out there because I don't like to get people's hopes up. and. Another one of these things was the Brunson versus Adams case. People have brought it up to me an awful lot in my lives over the last couple of months. And people had sent me videos about it and people wanted me to talk on it. And I really just didn't. And the reason that I didn't is because I really didn't feel like it was going to go anywhere. It was possible, um, but I didn't feel like it was going to go anywhere. I felt like it was more than likely going to be thrown out. And lo and behold, it was thrown out, um, which wasn't surprising. It does sound like they are going to... Uh, do a they're going to try and like appeal it to ask if it can be seen again it doesn't sound like they're going to be able to make that happen for those who don't know the brunson versus adam case was a bunch of utah brothers got together filed a bunch of lawsuits uh requesting to remove the biden administration and members of congress from their seats because they refused to investigate the illegitimacy of what they felt happened in the 2020 election i gotta be real careful what i say here they felt happened in the 2020 election. And it was in more regards to like the Chinese dealings, which were the, the case was, I mean, their, their, their accusations were legit. 
we we saw it. It all was reported out with the Chinese and they were finagling in the election. It was all reported out with um, when if you watch 2000 Mules, how they kind of did it, where there was interference. And that's been rightly admitted. The, the media has kind of admitted it, that they've even said there's always a little bit of foreign interference in every like they tried to downplay it. But the case had gotten thrown out. So we'll see what happens if they can try and get it back in there. But again, I don't tend to talk about that kind of stuff because, again, I don't like to get people's hopes up uh, that things are going to change. I don't believe when it comes down to things changing in this country and in your life and in our lives, it's going to be up to people like that Marjorie Taylor Greene or or the the, the Supreme Court. Or, I think when it comes down to uh, changing your life, it's about changing you know your life. It's a you once you kind of wake up. You're not going to go back to sleep. We're not going to watch the media anymore. We're not going to believe anything they have to say. We're going to look if something is interesting to us. We're not just going to blindly follow anybody. We're not going to blindly follow party lines anymore. And I think that's the ideology behind all of this. So if you think you're, you're we're losing, we're not. You're We're winning. It's just a matter of uh, keeping that same mentality as we continue on through this over the next couple forever. Forever. Things are way different when it comes to politics now than they were, you know, 30 years ago, politics was not something that people talked about. And now it's something that everybody talks about all the time because it's so integrated into people's lives. It's so integrated into people's genders. It's just fucking weird. It's just weird. It's weird, Sonia. She's, she's taking a nap. I don't, she's not taking a nap. Bye, Nelson. Some more to come on the classified docs. Uh, right now, we don't know what they say. We don't know what they are. Yes, it's exactly the same thing as what Trump had. I mean, this is the same thing. Don't let them tell you it's not. It is. Um, that he took classified documents. Obama did it. The Clintons did it. They all do it. They only the president of the United States can declassify docs to be taken. And so Obama would have had to declassify those docs before Joe Biden took them home. And he didn't do that from what I understand. It's the exact same thing. The whole bias against Trump. Don't let that feed into what you're thinking. That's bullshit. So in between all of this, so we got, we got speaker of the house, Nancy's gone. Everybody's, everybody's kind of wound up. Everybody's good. Joe Biden just decides to get on a plane and go to Mexico. Just, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the border. I think Kamala Harris, who's actually in charge of the border, um, has still not been to the border, but Joe Biden went. And uh, here's kind of what happened with a lot of that. Still in El Paso for his first visit to the Texas-Mexico border. Right now, he is making impromptu stops in various locations, including the border. Hey, he was initially scheduled to leave El Paso around 4.30 our time here, but he is still in El Paso. We know he's already spoken to some local officials around how they have addressed the needs of the migrants that have surged to the border. Our John Paul Barajas is in El Paso and joins us live. John Paul, what can you tell us about what you've seen and heard from the people there? Tim, Courtney, we're at the Sacred Heart Church where regardless of the day, whether that's a day where the president is visiting visiting, or it's a typical Sunday, there's an outpouring of support from the community from food donations where they're wrapping up right here or just clothes and other donations of that sort. But today there was an added level of stress and anxiety, not just for the locals, but also for the migrants. One man I spoke with for the majority of yesterday with came up to me today with lots of concern. Uh, his first question. ¿Qué era la primera pregunta que me preguntaste hoy? Hoy en lo que te vi la primera pregunta que te hice fue qué iba a decir el presidente Biden sobre nosotros, acerca de nosotros. 
His first question to me wasn't, hi, how are you doing? He said, what did the president say? What, what is he saying about us? What is it going to mean for us? So lots of concern. And up until this point, we haven't heard from the president since he's made his uh, land and his visit to the border. Uh, but this is what locals about uh, his presidency making his visit here. This is what they had to say about his visit today. The wheels of Air Force One touching down in El Paso marks President Joe Biden's highly anticipated first Texas-Mexico border visit since taking office. His arrival was met with mixed reactions by those who live and work here. Me gustaría verlo. Elba Perez de Mendoza works at a shop along the border. She says, I'm happy that he's visiting us. I'd like to see him. I'm waiting to see if he passes by here. Me gustaría que estuviera más limpia la ciudad. I hope that he sees the needs of all the migrants yes. and the needs that we have here. I like it if the city was cleaner. Others who are helping feed the migrants, like Naomi Gates, aren't as impressed. If you're not doing anything about it, what does it matter? I was like, when you start doing things about what's going on, then that's what counts. Until then, you're showing up. It's like anybody else. You show up, you're just making an appearance. POTUS landed in El Paso just after 1.30 San Antonio time. He was greeted by Governor Greg Abbott. Start by telling him uh, that, you know, he's two years and about $20 billion too late. Abbott added the conversation was cordial. The president then visited the bridge of the America's port of entry that connects El Paso to Ciudad Juarez. His goal to assess border enforcement operations and meet with local elected officials and community leaders. Local pastor Timothy Perea hopes the visit will lead to better changes. It's a great thing. It's a great thing that he's here. This means that there's some attention in, in D.C. right now. Well, of course, three hours is not not enough, but that time uh, they're going to make that effect, that impact. Now, this is something, too. So Jack's mom says they staged the city for Brandon and moved the tent cities. They did. And so it was incredible that they were able to clean up. So they cleaned up El Paso in a matter of 24 hours. They took all the tents, all of the homeless immigrants off the streets. They cleaned it all up. Uh, before he got there. So in orphanage effort to hide what a mess, what it was, it was, it's kind of crazy. People were pretty mixed on this too. They felt like he was just coming to just basically what she had said, just to, to show uh, that he wasn't actually going to do anything. I don't actually think he's going to actually do anything either. Um, but he did visit the border. So now everybody who has been asking him, have you visited the border yet? He can say yes. Uh, he was there for a whopping, I don't know, like four hours five hours walking around. They don't think that that's enough. Uh, and the people of El Paso don't feel like that. Anything's going to change. So more to come on the border. Uh, we'll see. Good for him. Good for Biden. We're glad to hear it. And this is now I've got two more stories that I want to talk about tonight. I'm going to go through this one first, and then I'm going to, I'm going to wrap with another one that I don't have a screen for, but this is a Canadian journalist. Uh, she was on air reporting and she ended up having a stroke. Her name is, is, uh, Jessica Robb. And so Jessica Robb, Sparks up vaccine fears after suffering a medical emergency live on the air. Canadian journalist Rob sparked uh, vaccine fears after she suffered a medical emergency while reporting on live television. Sunday, January 8th, she was reporting on the location for Canada-based news CTV when in the middle of the conversation with an anchor, she began to slur and repeat her words on the live broadcast. I have that video right here. Has come just a week before the third anniversary. Well, people we spoke with say they were happy that something is being done, but this is something that they've been asking for since day one. So for them, this is about a thousand days too late. Now, Nairman, I looking at uh, after the, to the, the day, families are pushing feds to pushing the feds to 
Sorry, Aaron. I'm <laughs> I'm not feeling very well right now, and I'm about to. Okay, we'll come back to me right now, and we'll make sure that Jessica, you are doing okay. Thank you. We will make sure that Jessica is okay. So, and we will give you guys an update a little bit later to make sure that she is doing all right. She is not alone. She is with. Uh, It's fucked up. Now, Jessica Robb tweeted out back in April of 2022. Uh, she said, consider this my official out of the physical office, feeling very lucky to be axine vade three times and that I started isolating it as soon as symptoms started. More than anything, it's a personal defeat that I'm feeling after she was diagnosed with COVID-19. The post goes on to stay. Um, that's really hard to watch. It's hard for me to watch. Uh, I had some brain problems. It wasn't a heart problem, but I was having some brain problems because of a medication I was on and I was training a group of people when all of a sudden I lost my ability to speak. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what I was saying. It's hard to watch. It was a confirmed ish that it was almost like a pre stroke. It might've been like a smaller one, uh, but they do say that she is okay. She's resting at home and that there have been no further updates. Um, before I guess you even ask the answer is Yes three times she's been, and she's not the only one. There was one back in September in Oklahoma that also had a medical emergency while live and air and broadcasting a live broadcast also, uh, three times. Um, and that just adds more fuel to the fire. Again, uh, I'm not doing this to be cold hearted and I'm not doing it to, because I'm uncaring. It's just, this is, I mean, it's a very real thing. Um, and people need to be aware of the potentials. And I think it's really unfair that it's not coming out until now. And I have a lot of empathy for, for some of these folks who have, um, taken these medications and are now struggling. Uh, I just read a tweet. One guy's in, he's in heart failure. Um, I do. I, I have all the empathy in the world for it. I just, uh, I think it's bullshit that none of, none of these side effects were allowed to be talked about until Twitter got bought by Elon Musk. Um, because these are people's lives. You can't just play with people's lives like this. It's messed up. So, um, more prayers to her. Hopefully that she pulls through and, and everything turns out to be just fine. And anybody else that are, is struggling after having, um, uh, taken it and, uh, and we're just going to keep going. So it's a double law says the brain is everything. Even the smallest disruption can have deep effects. Yeah. Mine was medication. There was a medication that I was on and it almost caused like a, like I got lost in our mall almost caused like a dementia. Uh, and that was, it's very similar to that. Like they thought I was having a stroke and I ended up going to the hospital. I was not having a stroke. It was just the medication was messing with the electrodes in my brain and is now a side effect uh, as to when I started taking the medication at the time, it had been a new med. So it wasn't listed as a side effect. Um, and there's some permanent damage that came from that. I tend to still kind of, uh, I'll run into situations where I'll be talking and then I'll cut because I will have a moment of like a blip where I don't remember what I was talking about. And that came from that. Uh, and it'll come back quickly usually, but uh, it still happens. So 
just be mindful, be aware, try and be nice. Um, I know it's really hard to keep your, I told you so's to yourself, especially when you see some of these people that are struggling now or, um, have passed even after they've tweeted that they wish death. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of that. And then just one we brought up earlier, uh, that they were mocking and, and making fun of the other folks and, and calling people names. And I get it. And like, but try to keep that under control the best you can, because people don't know what they don't know. And ignorance is real. Um, and I don't feel like it's necessarily a hundred percent their fault in my opinion, but, and then I have one more thing. So on to the last thing, I don't have a slide for this cause it just came out last night and I didn't make a slide, but I don't know if you guys know, but President Zelensky out of Ukraine. Okay. Okay. All right. We're all on the same page of Ukraine. He is going to be speaking or delivering a special message of peace at Holly Weird's Golden Globes tonight. As if anybody watches the Golden Globes. In fact, I just happened to catch this article. So President Zelensky is going to come and give a speech about peace at the Golden Globes tonight in Hollywood. Um, which is going to air on NBC at 8 p.m. And it will feature an appearance by Ukrainian President Voldemort Zelensky, who will deliver a special message of peace. Naturally, actor Sean Penn will be on hand to introduce Zelensky during the live telecast. It is an announcement Monday. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association didn't say if Zelensky will appear in person at the ceremony in Beverly Hills or if he will address viewers remotely. Also participating in the telecast is Ukrainian President Zelensky's offering a special message of peace, which will be introduced by Sean Penn. Penn met with Zelensky last year while the actor was in Ukraine to shoot a documentary. He later loaned Zelensky one of his Oscars until the Ukraine wins the war with Russia. This just makes me ill even reading it. Uh, Zelensky recently appeared before Congress where he was welcomed like a hero with then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, comparing him to Winston Churchill. Wait, shouldn't he be fighting a war? Golly. I keep bumping this. Shouldn't he, though? That war must be just something. If he's got time to address Holly Weird and the, and, and the what is it, the Golden Globes. We're not, nobody's buying this anymore, right? We're, we're all aware of what's happening over there in Ukraine. We're all, okay, we're on the same page. Okay, bet. Lily's Flowers, thank you so much for the super sticker, and thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on. I appreciate your face. Um, this was my first clue that something was really wrong. When the Ukrainian war broke, when we went from 24-7 COVID coverage to Ukraine in 12 hours, and then all of a sudden my FYP on TikTok was filled with a bunch of half-naked Ukrainian women begging for money, dancing around with their boobs out, I was like, oh, that's what you do during a war? Sure. Bet, but man, the people came. Man, did the people come. They were like, you're so cold. They called me Russia prostitute. They were like, you support Putin. And I'm like, look, I'm not supporting anybody, but I am saying this. It's not, I, I don't buy it. It's crazy. At least he didn't drop his pants and play the piano with this twig. Gross. No, we'll pass on that. It's a clown show. It's all a clown show, Lisa. You are dead on. Mikey, what's up? That's it. That's the last article I got for tonight, today. Uh, I don't have anything else. If anything cool happens, we'll do an impromptu later this week. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back next 
Tuesday with the Nooner. Tonight, though, we are going to be hosting our very first Twitter spaces. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, please go do so. It's at Shipwreck Show. We're going to bring on the Black Spider-Man. We were supposed to do this last week, but basketball interrupted that. Basketball is going to interrupt again. The kids won. They're going to go to state. So more basketball into March. Yay. They are really excited. I'm excited for them. It's just going to be a long process. I'm here for it. I'm excited for them. They earned it. They worked hard. Congratulations to middle tugboat, uh, and his, his state on to state victories. So I, I don't know more to come, but as of tonight, it sits right now. We're going to be on Twitter. This is going to be a little bit different on Twitter. Um, I have a couple topics that we're going to talk about me and the black Spider-Man, but you have the opportunity to raise your hand and come in and leave comments, kind of like a radio station, which is kind of cool. Um, and so we're going to be doing that. Sonny's going to be a co-host, and so she'll be helping me manage a lot of that. So if you've got something that you want to say in reference to what we are talking about, you can come and raise your hand, and if we've got time, we'll invite you on, and, and you can just chat for a little bit. Uh, that's kind of the idea. That's kind of the idea behind this for me. I don't know a lot about the Twitter spaces or how to really use them, so we're going to get that all figured out tonight. So more to come. That's it. That's all I got. Sonny, we got anything else? No, we're good. That's it. You guys, I love your faces. If you come to Twitter, I will see you tonight. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi and watch out for all of them dear. Bye guys. Back off, I'll take you on. Headstrong, you take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong. <laughs> Hedge Dwan.